Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today's episode of The Other Stories is CSU, written by Richard Reynolds and narrated by Justin Fife. O'Reilly, looking every inch your average overworked detective, surveyed the murder scene slowly and methodically. In a grimy back alley at 2 a.m., chances of rubberneckers were minimal, one less thing to worry about. The same couldn't be said for the smell, like a barbecue gone horribly wrong. A light breeze might have been dispersing it some, but it was still sickening. This section of the alley was fairly small, turned off from the main access point of the street and stopped at a dead end, so there was only one point of entry, an exit. Three bins lined the dead end, and a large refuse unit was stationed next to the corner that gave access to the turnoff. No idle passerby could have seen what happened down here for a fact. Short of a light sprinkling of litter, there was little else to speak of at the scene, besides the victim, of course. The victim, she sure was a pretty one, young too, and apparently not afraid to show a little skin. She sported a bikini top, a matching short skirt, real short, expensive-looking shoes, and not much of anything else, unless you count a chunky gold bracelet as clothing. Her handbag laid nearby, the contents scattered but 
seemingly undisturbed. Laid facing up, head tilted to her left, the cause of death was blindingly obvious, even if the methodology was anything but. In the region of her heart was a deep, dark hole, and there was an identical one where her right temple should have been. Her heart and brain had been destroyed, yet there wasn't a trace of blood to be seen. Not on the body, not on the ground, not on the walls, not even in the wounds. Damnedest thing. Removing a handy, if complex, piece of kit from its carry case, O'Reilly spoke a command loud and clearly. Crime scene unit, on. The device hummed into wakeness, running through an initialization sequence before hovering out of his hands to station itself at head height. Okay, partner, or rather began, more relaxed now. What do we got? Start with a perimeter security eye archive check, and read me the scene while you're at it. The crime scene unit flew into action, scanning the alley with numerous sensors. It zipped here and there like a hummingbird with purpose, taking in every nook and cranny, quick and efficient. Crime scene investigation sure had come along over the last year or so, thanks to these miraculous critters. The CSUs, an AI-driven hardware that could perform many of the tasks of an entire forensic and pathology team, access information from surveillance feeds, and analyze all this data on-site and in seconds to produce complex, probability-based insights. And boy, were they bringing in results. Only problem was the price tag. Just one or two were allotted to each investigation wing of the district security bureaus. Always one to stay ahead of the curve, O'Reilly endeavored to acquire one of these CSUs. He had to do a little hustling, grease a few palms, but he'd got one in the end, and damn wasn't improving his game. Scans complete, the CSU rattled off its findings. Archive check within two blocks, impossible. All security eyes within this radius cut live feed simultaneously five hours and 17 minutes ago. Archive footage has replaced the feed. Unapproved, illegal hack, Conclusion. 84% likelihood the perpetrator commandeered the system long before the crime. Eh, sounds about right, O'Reilly responded. The scene there, talk to me. Proximity scans, along with cursory scan of the victim, indicate that the scene, as it is, is relatively undisturbed. A fresh quantity of urine was recently deposited by the refuse unit. O'Reilly checked out the area, and there was indeed darkened moist section of the ground with tendrils from the mass of the stain rolling under the refuse unit. The CSU continued. High potentiality the murder was committed at this location. Whoa, whoa, slow down, partner, O'Reilly interjected. You're telling me, a location that has no trace of blood and little other evidence of disturbance can be identified as the murder scene? Okay, but you know I like to treat these things as uh, learning opportunities, so take me through each step of the analysis. Tell me how you know the murder didn't take place elsewhere, and that she wasn't just uh, dumped here. The CSU adjusted its position as it broke down the findings. Urine speckling around the victim's ankles and calves, exact match for deposit on site. Alcohol speckling on person and victim's state of dress suggests a 76% likelihood that she frequented a nightclub located three blocks north. Access to nightclub's external security eye archive confirms analysis and removes doubt. Victim left nightclub alone and inebriated, exchanged words with security staff, 
purchased food from nearby eatery before entering security eye dead zone. Conclusion, 88% likelihood victim moved off the street and into the crime scene of her own will with the aim of relieving herself privately. O'Reilly nodded along with the breakdown. Made sense so far. Right, and? Further conclusion, 5% likelihood that the perpetrator was waiting in the alley for random victim. 95% likelihood that the perpetrator followed victim from unspecified location, within two block of radius and took her by surprise, post-urination. O'Reilly moved from the piss stain to the right side of the victim, taking a close look at the cavernous blackened wounds, a stank of incinerated meat. <sighs> okay, let's run a first-level scan of the victim, forego time-of-death-related analysis. The CSU hovered over the dead girl's head for a spell, before steadily scanning down her body and controlled left-to-right movements at a constant rate of motion. Scan finished, it let loose with its findings. 97% likelihood that the wound to the heart was the cause of death, with the secondary wound to the temple acting as a precautionary measure. Calculated, methodical mode of attack. Jewelry, cash chip, and devices of value remain at the scene. No sign of any form of sexual assault are evident. Underwear intact and undamaged. Conclusion. 0.3% likelihood that this was a sexually motivated attack. 7% likelihood of a robbery-based motivation. Yeah, pretty sure any rookie investigator could have intuited that. What else? Further conclusion. Proficiency in regards to Security Eye Network and the execution of Killing Stroke suggests an 87% likelihood of a hunter, motivated murder by a highly practiced perpetrator. Sure, sure, a serial killer, O'Reilly grunted, craning forward to get a closer look at the hole in the girl's chest, wincing as a wave of the sharp smell hit him hard. Uh, what about these wounds? Both wounds are approximately 120 millimeters deep and perfectly cylindrical with 100 millimeter radius. Each is fully cauterized. Conclusion. The wounds were inflicted with some form of super-hot, penetrative device or weapon, portable and capable of incinerating flesh and bone within seconds. Such a device is currently unavailable from any known sources. In that case, shot O'Reilly, run a check for similar technologies to those you've described. Only comparable device exists in the industry of machining, the emerging field of adjustable field plasma-based heating cutters. These machines are static, large, and bulky. Further conclusion, such a device or weapon must be personally devised or commissioned. Likelihood of traceability, 0.2%. O'Reilly sucked in a breath and yawned. Clever, very clever, partner. So, we have a killer, probably unrelated to the Vic, using an untraceable weapon in a security eye dead zone, and no eyewits. So far, so good. I guess uh, let's go a little deeper. Run a second-level scan. Quick as an angry wasp, the CSU buzzed around the body, making further readings. No fingerprint or foreign fibers deposited on the victim. No foreign trace bodily fluids. More. Go deeper, O'Reilly insisted. The CSU zeroed in on the victim's midsection. Shallow tissue scans reveal an area of mild pressure-based trauma in the abdominal region potentially resulting in bruising if death had not occurred. Interesting. Does this uh, trauma hold any points of interest? O'Reilly asked, 
leaning over the victim's stomach. It appears to be hand-shaped. Conclusion, 94% likelihood that the perpetrator held the victim excessively close and tightly in place by applying pressure to this region while they inflicted the heart wound. Crazy query. Can you approximate the uh, dimensions of the hand from the impressions reading? The CSU performed a function O'Reilly didn't even know it was capable of. Damn thing hadn't come with a manual, but he thought he'd figured out most of its functions by this point. A small panel opened on the bottom of the CSU, which then projected the outline of a hand, along with various specs and measurements on the victim's abdomen, running a commentary as it did so. Synthesis hand model, total length 190 millimeters, span 223 millimeters, fingers ascending 62 millimeters, 75 millimeters, 83 millimeters, 74 millimeters, 59 millimeters, palm width 88 millimeters. Measurements within a 96% accuracy range. O'Reilly paced for a time. There were some dots to connect now. Some honest-to-God, good old-fashioned clues, and it was just about making the right leaps, asking the right questions. Okay, Bana, can we cross-reference those measurements with body scans from the medical records of all registered workers from this and all three neighboring labor districts? 327 people match the hand impression with a 1% accuracy range, answered the CSU, barely missing a beat. O'Reilly cut back in, fully on point. Take those matches and run background checks to see if any connections exist in regards to pertinent data you've gathered from analysis of the scene. Anything at all. It was a smart play and O'Reilly knew it. The CSU took a short time to execute the command. Referencing three individuals match criteria. O'Reilly smiled wryly, almost disappointed. Well, damn, so close. All right, just for the sake of argument, who of the three is the most likely perpetrator? The CSU projected the medical records, an image of its chosen suspect. Two matches, two criteria are highly peripheral. Unlikely perpetrators. Likely suspect, Glenn O'Reilly, engineer. For a Chalum Alloy Solution, conclusion, you are the most likely suspect for this murder. O'Reilly shrugged, resigned. No use crying over spilt milk. Every day is a school day and all that. <laughs> well, never mind. We'll commit the perfect murder first time out one of these days. Maybe next time. Query, will destroying the abdominal region eradicate evidence necessary to successful investigation? Correct, the CSU responded. O'Reilly reached into his inside pocket and retrieved a pair of slimline heat-resistant gloves, putting them on as he moved over to his carry case and addressed his ill-gotten partner in crime. Right you are. Can you factor when the body is most likely to be discovered? He took out a chunky handheld device that looked solid, if of a distinctly prototype nature, and adjusted its settings. No slouch in either of his chosen fields, O'Reilly took pride in the piece of kit that he designed and built. Clicking it on, he smiled as the restriction field held the short, thick cylinder of conduction plasma in place before the heating element rendered it beyond white hot. All the while, he half-listened to the CSU as it relayed his requested data. In the instant that the security eyes remain dormant and the custodial timetables are adhered to, the victim will likely be discovered by a refuse collection team at approximately 6.20 a.m. 
Location factors suggest a 8% likelihood of random discovery before this time. Good, O'Reilly replied, as he burnt away deep sections of his victim's soft abdomen, leaving trenches of blackened, cauterized flesh and the smell to go with it. <laughs> Plenty of time, then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. CSU was written by Richard Reynolds, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effect provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course, to Ben Errington for separating the social curds from the medial way and serving up delicious content cheese. Richard Reynolds is the owner and operator of Ground Zero Comics, a small shop in Mansfield, England, where he writes, draws, and produces his own comics and strips whenever he gets the chance. You can read these comics as free over on the shop's website at groundzerocomics.co.uk in the free comics sidebar. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster, and video game lover. You can follow him on Twitter at, at @justinbfife. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.